Hi, this is Tiffany, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, music. this is Rob Hill from Canada, and I absolutely love AVA Live Radio. Hi, this Radio. is Tara Everly of Iridescence, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, guys, this is Jacqueline Jack. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to AVA Live Radio, Behind the Music with Jacqueline Jacks. I'm here on the show today to not only highlight a really great new song, but also a really fabulous songwriter who's so passionate about what he does. He's out there in St. Augustine Beach, Florida, and he wrote a song that's really interesting because it's about a relationship, but not just any relationship. This one comes right straight from the heart. Is it about moving on? Is it about a fling? Is it about a little bit of both? We're going to get the story in just a second as we go into the episode. So stay tuned. Here's the song, But You're Gone by John (laughs) O'Brien. Oh, babe, was it 
Gone by John O'Brien. Please welcome him to AVA Live Radio. Hi, John. How are you? I am doing just great. It's a beautiful night here, and uh, I'm sitting outside looking at the moon. So everything is everything's great. What can I say? Oh, that's awesome. You know, I've been to St. Augustine. I like it there. It's really cool. It's got charm. Yeah, I really love it. I live right on the beach too. So I mean, what more could one ask for? Nothing more, nothing more, except an amazing songwriting career and lots of inspiration, <laughs> right? Okay, I guess I got a little of that anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, congratulations, first off, on your album launch and doing so well on Spotify. You know, it's not easy, so commended. 100,000 streams in the first week, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I was I was very happy with that, and... Uh, you know, it took some work to get out influencers and it got about five different really good reviews from uh, some of the blogs. And um, so, you know, it, it's just a lot of work. And that's what I would, would say about it is that in today's day and age, yes, it's very democratic and you can get your stuff out there. You actually can get it to the point where you feel like you might be able to really make it. But it's a lot of work and everybody yeah. just put the work in and you may get there. I was speaking to someone the other day and we were talking about, you know, podcasting and the state of the internet and how hard it is for new people to come up the business at this point because the reach, you know, the free reach is just not really there unless you're very strategic. So you've got a situation where you have to put a lot of money into advertising now and it's more expensive than yeah. it ever thought. So in essence, we're kind of moving back to the way it was where you depended on radio stations, except they just look and feel a little different, and a lot of them are independent. So just like you, you planned your launch across music blogs and hoped that people that were private curators would pick it up, that's what we're dealing with now, those, those personal influencers to make a difference. Do you find... Well, the, what, go ahead. The, the, one thing I, the one thing I feel really good about, though, is that it is much more democratic, uh, I can go back. We, I was in an act. My, my keyboard player and I were in an act. We were touring during the 1960s. And back then, we did a single. And the single did very, very well on radio. And it's still popular in Europe and Australia, even now. But th- we were locked out. There was nothing we could do to get to a label or anything like that because the A&R people really were the gatekeepers. And that, that I'm glad to see that gate... Uh, being at least porous, if not coming down. But the point you're making is absolutely correct. In order to really uh, have your songs listened to, you do have to have money. Uh, I, I had to hire a publicist, and the publicist did a lot of stuff. Uh, and right now, I'm you know the next step is I'm trying to 
Uh, I'm in negotiations with some booking agents as well as some artist management. But, you know, the fact is you can actually do that now, which Mm -hmm. back in the 60s, you you just couldn't. Um, uh, It was more than luck. It was, you know, like all the people in Canada, for instance, remember that? Uh, The Joni Mitchells and everybody else, they they, they had a rule there. Remember the rule? 10% of the content had to be Canadian on the radio. So, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that helped. Isn't it? It's been, different. They do that in Texas a lot. It's amazing. Oh, really? But they really, yeah, <laughs> they do. Move. They do. Yeah, the Texas is like they they don't play as many Asheville artists as play Texas artists. It's it's a thing. It is absolute thing. I have talked to people about it, and even the artists know about it. You can be produced in Texas if you're making Texas music. Don't produce in Nashville, or they might not play it. Some of them just want it all. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of that. creepy. I, I will say though, it's Texas is like creepy. a different country, and I've spent uh, a lot of time in Texas. I like Texas, but when you go there, it's it's different. Good people. Yeah, I know. It's I, I don't like that kind of operation. I don't think that you know. I don't think that the radio stations should do that. I do understand their method behind it, right? Trying to encourage people to bring you know bring Texas some money build their music community and their base there, just be, you know, all Texas productions. And I think that that's a really great thing to support your local community. But I think that shouldn't sway people. Like they shouldn't just cross a lot of artists out of being, um, you know, being able to, to launch new music there. So it's kind of, I walk the fine line on it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you that Florida has nothing like that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I know. But no, we, and when I was on with you last time, uh, the, that song that we were discussing had been released as a single. It was By the Throat, and it was about the whole opioid crisis. And, and I just um, had uh, my video producer just produced a video of that, which um, is so compelling that it, it really I, I have trouble watching it. Of course, I have a personal history in that song, as you know. Yeah. But, uh, but um, you, you really... I, I think if you're going to go down that path, you just have to recognize that the music music is a business, and and I, I almost I hate to say this, but it's mostly the business and secondarily the art. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very difficult, you know. I was reading Billboard about uh, is it Billy Ellish? Is that her name? Um, and you know, she spent about a year with a team working on her persona. Uh, and she records her music in her bedroom, although I find that a little hard to believe, but probably might be true. Uh, I'm sure it's mastered does. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no I, doubt. I, I don't, if you Makes listen to it, right? it sounds a bit like that. But I'm sure that there, you know, there's a lot of work that went into that. And, and reading, it was about a five-page Billboard article in this week's Billboard, where it just points out how much work is involved to get there. And, of course, now she's mm-hmm. huge. I mean, huge may yeah. not even be the right word. Um, right. So they're, they're, you know, but she, you know, did these songs, got popular on SoundCloud and got picked up by a, a label and then they started grooming her whole act. And so um, there are different ways to get there, but at least you can get heard now. You can go on SoundCloud, you can go on Spotify, you, you know, you need to get a distributor if you really want to do anything on these some of these platforms. But at least, like I said, I mean, I'm, I take heart in the fact that you can do it now. Mhm. Yes. That's you know what? I'm all about that. 
I, I really do. I, there isn't a day that doesn't buy that I don't have a personal conversation with at least four or five, maybe more artists where they're like, I'm going to keep staying inspired. I'm not going to lose hope. And that's even why I'm starting to live again right now because I've just been receiving so many letters from artists where they're like, you know, is there any hope that I can do this? You know? And I'm like, yeah, you can do it, you know, but I can't, um, I can't keep saying it one at a time. So now I'm just going to live stream it and get on there and give people ideas. Cause you know, the fact of the matter is aside from working and building a team and your career that way, there's, is this amazing opportunity on social media for artists to be able to raise a fan base and get a huge community behind you. Like I had an artist that just in the last eight months really blew up from 10,000 to 100,000 social media followers. And they're active. They're really active. They absolutely adore her. And and they're really supportive of the music, go to her shows. She has a, a significant amount that go to her local shows as a base. And then they also listen and stream and share. And they're very, very good, but it was a slow grow up to 10,000. And then once she hit that mark, that next phase was just about launching new clips of music and doing covers and just staying in your style, you know, and really staying consistent as, as much as she could focus on Instagram. And she's just been part of this boom. So it shows you, and this is just one scenario, I have a lot, I have a school full of artists that are launching music through social and building crowd funds. And, you know, and she just crowdfunded her, her album as well. So it, the, you, there is that side and it's still happening. And I'm really excited to be able to see it's still happening. Yeah. And, and you've touched on something there that I think is important, which is, uh, I think that it's it, it's very very important to stick in your own style. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people that are trying to produce, you know, music, write music, produce music, they listen and they they follow a trend. And yeah, I do. think that uh, I I first about two years ago I started listening to alt rock, and I was you know lo- lovely the band and and all these different uh, types of artists, and I started to want to sort of copy the way they were doing their music, which is really no guitars, lots of sounds, um, you know, uh, you know, percussion really leads the thing. And, and I started putting some, and it just didn't feel right. And I went back to doing traditional songwriting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. There's something to be said. Well, I I think a lot of artists are still searching for their style and that's okay. You know? And that's why they yeah, just absolutely. don't really click with the fans as much as they could. I, I, I do agree with you. I think that really does get in the way. You have to, it's a very careful balance. And, and as a marketer in marketing, if I got a hold of somebody who is a songwriter and they wrote a vast, just a, a really big different amount of styles, right? They like jumped around a lot and they were the only singer in the whole thing. It would be a really careful balance to try and come up with a marketing plan and strategy to be able to get them to grow fast and big. It would be a very slow growth, you know, and maybe not even a growth that they would want. It might not ever turn out to be a supportive fan base for a certain style of music. It might be that they turn into a songwriter who writes songs for other people, or maybe like a Carol King or a Diane Warren type of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, and, 
I think that if you really look at a lot of today's music, um, it is different than the music from that period of time where Carol King would write a song and uh, mm-hmm. or, and James Taylor would do it or, or somebody else right. would. Uh, well, she wrote songs for everybody. She's you know unbelievable yeah. songwriter. But, Insane, but the right? style of so writing right. songs back then was, was very different than it is now. Um, there yeah. are a lot of songs that I, I hear where, um, you know, we have the song structure that is traditional, you know, the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, or verse, and then sort of an outro. Um, and, and I tend to write in that style, but I, I notice that a lot of songs now, um, particularly because of looping, uh, you'll mm-hmm. get the same basic thing going on from, the, from A to Z in the song in, in terms of the instrumental piece and a lot of the, the vocals as well. And you never used to hear that. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's bad, but I guess what no, I'm really saying boring. is that it, it's, it's good, but that's got to be what they want to do. And I think for somebody like me, I, made, I almost fell into the sort of trap of, you know, I write traditional style songs and I almost fell into the idea, well, no, I can't write like that anymore. I have to write stuff that is more like the alt rock that I'm hearing today. And it really, I, I spoke to a very good friend of mine who I played music with for years. Um, and he's just got really good judgment. And I said, you know, basically I'm really tempted to like push myself into that genre. And he basically said, look, the fact is you got to, when you write music, you have to write music for what you feel, what it is that's trying to get out of you and into somebody else's head because you can't really do it by having a, a discussion, uh, you know, because it would turn into a monologue. You really mm-hmm. doing it with music allows you that ability to create that depth. And you're never going to really do it well, I think, this is my opinion, unless you write in the style that you write your music in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I, I completely agree with you. Like I said, you know, once you find that zone and you know what works, it's really hard to, to move out of it. I think it's always good to grow and try different things, but there's a certain, there's a line that you don't cross as an artist. You know, it's kind of like I see artists um, that, are, that are really well known and they will try to do a song on stage as a guest star of another artist, right? And sometimes, although they sing their song so well, when they try to sing somebody else's Song, it just didn't work out. Like, for instance, I saw Alicia Keys and Jason performing together, and they were like in New York. And when Alicia Keys started out doing her song, and she sounds phenomenal. I mean, like so, so good her music, right? And then Jason Rose comes out, and he can even sing her songs really, really well because he's got a very good ability to change, right? But then when she went to sing his song, like he he switched in a song and then kind of cacked together and she started singing his song. She didn't sound like her. She didn't sound comfortable in his song. And that was amazing because it really made me think about it. I thought, wow, Jason Rose is actually very good at singing R&B, but she is definitely not anything but that R&B singer that we love her for. And that shows that, you know, not all artists are going to be singing everything perfectly. Well, well, that's definitely true, especially, I mean, for myself, I, I work very hard to get my vocals done right. As a matter of fact, uh, we have this show on the 30th, which is the uh, album release event. 
it's going to be live streamed on a uh, regional radio station here too, here in Florida. Uh, it's on the 30th. But the real point is that I've, in order to put together a really good show, I, I've really, for the first time in my life, every single day I go through my set twice by myself. <laughs> and yeah, I've never done that great. before. Wow. Well, I'm not, I, 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 I am agree. Not, that's great. I, I'm not that, I, I'm, I'm a good vocalist, but I realize my limitations and I've, mm-hmm. I've learned to, I took vocal coaching. I got a vocal coach. I, 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 I even started taking guitar lessons again because I wanted to learn different styles of guitar. But the real, the real point I'm making is I just recognize that in order to really perform well, you have to practice so much. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, and you know, a lot of, a lot, that's one thing I would say too. I mean, you know, why not sing the song five times in a row? Uh, I recently did some music videos. Now that's an experience, right? So you're on a stage and they, they want you to look like you're performing in a concert. So you're on a stage and they have the lights there. They have everything going on. They have the, the fog machines. It's all going on and, and everything else. But you have to do the song four times because what they want to do, the video, the, 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 the uh, director wants to have mm-hmm. all of these feeds to be able to parse together the video itself. As a matter of fact, the video, one of the videos came out the other day. It's called California Wildfire. It's on YouTube. But mm-hmm. the point I'm making is that, you know, how often do you sing any song four times in a row from start to finish? <laughs> it, even in rehearsals, you don't do that. You, you stop right. and you say, wait a minute, let's, let's change that, that, that little spot there or whatever. And that was an experience all by itself. And then so you do one song, you do four or five takes on it, and then you move to the next one. And so we did four songs. We did four takes on each song. So we did 16 takes. <laughs> oh, and, my goodness. And you, well, that's what you do when you do a music video. You don't, yeah, you know, that's it, true. It, there's a lot to it. And then it goes mm-hmm. to the cutting room, as they call it. And then they come out with something and you look at it and say, wow, I was there, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so, so, so anyway, you can see my, my point is that what you actually end up doing when you get into these production areas with videos and when, you know, you're doing a show and you're saying, okay, we got to create a moment here in this show. And the moment we, a moment is something where you're trying to drag a little, a little bit of emotion out of the audience. So there's a point at which they kind of go, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, how do you create that? Well, you create that with a lot of different ways. I've studied it so closely. And these are all the things that it's not just the talent of playing and singing, but to hook up with the audience, you have to have the emotion, which is what they're in, in the, uh, the jargon of the producers of live shows is called the moments, those moments. You need four or five of these really spectacular moments in your show. Well, I, didn't, I never knew that. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to it, but I just would, I would say read, you know, read, read, read. I spent two hours last Saturday just studying how to do banter on blogs and websites, just reading about it, how, how you really? actually can plan it, how you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And, um, it's very, very true. I've, you know, I, I've I, actually worked with artists and studios before, and some of them, and not everybody does this, but some of them, especially in the beginning stages, they sing a song like 50, 60 times before they actually go to record it. And, 
makes sense because if you think of how many times you practice, it would at least be that before you got into a studio. And then after the studio and before you hit the stage, you have to do it over and over and over again. Otherwise, you're not comfortable enough to connect with your run. Well, that's right. And, and if you think about it for a second, let's say you're performing a song and you've written the song and you know that there's a, an emotional connection you're trying to make when you when you sing that lyric. And a lot mm-hmm. of times if you rehearse a song over and over again, they'll come to different places where you go, yeah, if I sing it like that, that's better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is. It happens. You know, I, I do it myself. I've been rehearsing, I say, twice a day for the past two weeks. I've been doing my whole show from start to finish. Just me, my guitar, headphones, microphone. And I've discovered so many different things about the performance that I never, ever would have gotten if I was with the band and I was playing with the whole thing and with an audience and stuff. Just me and my headphones, my guitar, and my microphone. And I'm finding Mm -hmm. all these little things that signal so much of the emotion that comes out of the lyric. Um, It's astounding, really. Isn't it amazing what things can end up being like once you get really comfortable with the song and really comfortable with your voice, you know, like that moment when your voice is just so warm up and you're in the zone and it just will do anything that you really expect to do. And it's just there for you. It's giving you everything it has. The biggest thing it gives you is confidence. And I, mm-hmm. I think that that's something uh, that performers need to understand too, is that what the audience wants to see is a completely confident vocalist um, that you're not nervous that you are nervous. You're just not showing it. But the real thing is that you, you have rehearsed this song to the point where your muscle memory can take over and you're just, you know, now you're in a whole different zone when you're performing. Um, and, and, and that is super important too. And, and, you know, all, all of us have, you know, musicians, I'm sure people out there will identify with this. How many four set bar gigs have you done in your life? You know, doing cover <laughs> songs principally. Okay. Yeah. I've done probably 5,000 of them. Now right? what that teaches yeah. you, what that teaches you is what is the popular style of a way to sing something? Um, you know, what, like when, when you write a song, a lot of times the melody just comes out of your mouth, right? I mean, it just literally does. You can work yeah, on it does. a little bit, but the basic melody, you just yeah. sing it, right? Well, what, how, yeah. where did that come from? That came from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times of singing popular stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just gets in your head and you get that groove. You develop the chops. It's, it's a muscle, right? So like every time you try, I remember like in the beginning when I was learning the same, they used to give me the most challenging songs and I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'm never going to be able to sing this song. And then after I just learned it and tried and strived to try for a long time, eventually my voice started to wrap around those big notes and started to find its way. And when it found its way, I eventually could sing those songs. But without That's trying right. and staying at it, you just can't train it. You know, luckily I had sports when I was here, so I remembered what it was like stay with something and stick with it and just be determined, you know, otherwise I probably would. Well, that, <laughs> and that's really what we're talking about is that the, it's, it's repetition, but you have to listen to each rep and learn from each rep. And, and ultimately now when I do these songs, um, and it's not a habit I had before, I, I was one of those people who would just get up and sing. 
Um, you know, now yeah. I warm up profusely. You know, you'd think you should take me to the hospital during my warm up if you listen to me. Um, <laughs> but really, I mean, you, you do all these weird things. But, um, it, you know, then you get there and you, if you do it enough and then and, and the thing is, you get that confidence, you can you feel like you can really open up and, and you don't have to belt it out because your voice is is present. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a learning curve. I mean, here I am. I'm, I'm in my late 60s and I'm still learning how to do that. You always will be. And that's a wonderful thing about it. Your voice as an instrument, it's like a guitar. You know, you're always striving to do more, trying to be better and improve your skills and, and just try different things. And that's, I, I love that about the voice. I love that it, it recovers and that if you, if you train it and you stick with it, you can really, you can do everything from being silver lining to someone's day to, you know, really digging deep and, and making that emotional connection in a way that nobody else can. And I think singers only sing really understand that yeah it's funny I, I worked with a woman who's um, a vocalist in LA I think I mentioned that in some of the notes so we did a song that I wrote a very long time ago called leaving in your own time and it's about it's about two people that are with other people in their lives but they got together it's an affair basically and mm-hmm. um, the song is about how they're grappling with the fact that they're falling in love but they're in love with somebody else at the same time so they're, they're, I had written it originally just for myself. I recorded it in, in 1980, and it was a good song. It got, got airplay. It was it was nice song. It's on my album now, though, but what I did was I turned it into a male-female duet, and the woman I sing with, uh, she goes by the stage name Primrose. She's in Los Angeles, and she did her part in Los Angeles. I did my part here in um, in Florida, and we merged the, everything together in the studio, and it, it ended up sounding r- really, really good. But the point I'm making is that she is a, 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 such a good vocalist that I, when <laughs> I have a hard time picking up my part and singing well right after she sings because I'm so entranced wow. by her vocals. Oh, wow. That's amazing. A great experience. What a great way to live, you know? Is it a blessing to have music in your life like that? Well, I, I really, at this point, particularly because I'm, I, I'm in a stage in life where I'm, I'm, you know, financially comfortable. I, I love music. I've fallen into it so deeply now that I may never get out if I ever wanted to. Um, Why would you? It goes back to that. No. Well, it goes, Always. it goes back to that, that saying that you know the guy who in Nashville is songwriter said you know I did everything in my life to try not to be a songwriter and I failed. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it. yeah. that's how I feel now. I, you know, it'd be really nice not to have this in a way, um, because it is something that is, um, it, it's not an obsession. I, that's really not the word, but it's something that it never goes out. I have a, I have a, a loop tape in my head with music and it, it captures me all the time, but now I'm really comfortable with it, which is a different thing than when I was doing the four set bar gigs playing covers. Yeah. I feel really happy. Well, about you found it. your place. Yeah, you found your place. And that's wonderful. Listen, as someone who has, has talked both sides, right? I've I've been a singer, I've not been a singer, I've given it up, I've come back. I can honestly say that without having that in my life for whatever it's worth and any way that I want to do it, I would rather have it than not because 
the day that you wake up and you're not inspired to do anything is the worst day of your life. I think that that's right. And I Mm -hmm. know that when I get up in the morning, the first thing I think about is music. When I go to bed at night, it's the last Mm -hmm. thing I think about. And then in the middle, it's mostly what I think about. So, and I'm really happy about it. That's awesome, though. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy that you have that. It's a blessing. It really is. You should hold on to it with both hands. And luckily, you can. And that's a wonderful thing. I'm sure you inspired a lot of people today, too, with this story. And that's amazing. So you did a good thing. Well, I I really hope so. I just want to say just, just, you know, keep doing it. But the biggest thing you have to do is understand that there's work involved, there's research, there's learning. I mean, just learning Instagram is a PhD level problem. Um, and just do it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Don't get discouraged. You're, you're going to hear a lot of no's, but you know, so what? Just keep doing it. It's, it's fun. It's great. It makes you feel good. It does. It does. You know, it does. John, thank you so much for being here and thanks for bringing the story and the song to us. God bless you. Really. Keep writing. Yes. Keep you, doing it. I will. I will. And uh, I'll get you that video, that song we did last time. It's not public yet. It hasn't been released, but I'll get that to you. I think you'll like it because you, we did have a quite a good conversation about that. And thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, John. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. That's going to be great. That's John O'Brien on AVA Live Radio. What an awesome story. And you know what? I'm so, I'm so absolutely passionate about the same things that he is, you know, and, and I think a lot of you that are listening are too, whether you're a creator or you're a music lover or someone in the industry, because I know I have a lot of industry people that listen here, and even film creators that listen to our show, you know, welcome, because you know about that energy. You guys know about what what it takes to act on your passion, find your passion, develop it, and keep going towards it, believing in yourself. And I know that you also know what it feels like to not have it on those days when maybe you can't do it or the worst days where you don't feel inspired to do it, but you do have the time. That would be probably the worst day of my life, like I said. I always want to feel inspired, and I feel blessed to wake up loving what I do, being able to talk to people like John and hang out with these guys, you know, and just be part of this whole community. That, for me, has been, you know, I've worked really, really hard to be where I am, and so John, and we both know why we've done and we'll continue to do it. And that is, you know, that's just really where it's at. This is Jacqueline for AVA Live Radio. Hope you like the show today. And please share it with friends, guys. Don't forget we're on every single broadcasting channel from Spotify to iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, wherever you want to pick us up, that's where you'll find us. There are links available with all of those tracks for you if you'd like to find them. But just do a Google search and you will certainly find out where we are on your favorite provider. Have a good one and I'll see you again tomorrow. Hi, this is Tiffany and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, this is Rob Hill from Canada and I absolutely love AVA Live Radio. Hi, this is Tara Everly of Iridescence and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, guys.